Your Locked On Coyotes, your daily podcast on the Arizona Coyotes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the show, everyone. This is Locked On Coyotes. I'm your host, Robin Leon. I know Carl Pavlik right beside me on this Thursday. It is November 4th, uh, the day before the next game day. Coyotes play the Anaheim Ducks tomorrow. Uh, we'll talk a little about that towards the end of the show, but we have a lot to get to in today's show. Uh, before we get anything started, I want to let you guys, uh, I want to thank everyone for uh, making Locked On Coyotes your first listen today. We really appreciate all your support. We're, once again, we're available everywhere you get your podcasts, free and available absolutely everywhere. But let's get started. Carl, um, we got some news yesterday that was not some good news for Coyotes fans or, you know, yep. uh, Connor Timmons, the young defensive uh well, I was going to say, what's the best way? Just, yeah, potential really good defensive player. Yeah. Out for the rest of the season with his with a knee injury. Um, And it's just it just sucks to hear this because, you know, obviously we knew he had injury problems before, but we're obviously hoping for better times after yeah. coming to Arizona. I mean, definitely. It seemed like, well, Let's start by saying this. His previous injury, uh, he sustained a concussion in juniors, missing a year and a half of play. Uh, he's down with a knee injury. They are in no ways like connected. They can't be connected. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes when we see like younger players who like have consistent injury problems, it's like the same area. Like I think for a while people were maybe worried Chikrin's knees weren't great because he kept injuring those. Yeah. Uh, that's not the case. This is a completely different situation. So there's at least that. Um, but yeah, it, initially it looked like he would miss two to three months. Uh, now it's the entire season, um, which is just very unfortunate. Um, I think everyone's kind of come to the consensus that it was a it was a clean hit, but it definitely like dealt him a pretty significant blow to his knee. And um, yeah, just it sucks. It's one of those things where knee injuries are terrible. Something that I don't understand, we were talking about this right before we went on the air, um, and that is the the shift of the timeline and how quick everything changed. It start when we when he first went out with the injury, when he first got put in the IR, the list um, the Coyotes listed eight to twelve weeks. And we're like, yeah. okay, that's fine. You know, it's going to be yeah, exactly what you were saying, like two to three months. It's not going to be much of an issue. And then and then all of a sudden, it got he got upgraded to like one to two weeks, and we're like, oh, so it's not that bad. Yeah. And then very, the very next day, oh, or like two days later, out for the rest of the season. Yeah, it was definitely like one of those things where you just have to wonder, like, did someone like say the wrong thing? Was there a miscommunication? Because that's really weird. Um, we kind of got like a big info dump for injuries like uh, yesterday. So I have no clue what the initial two weeks was. Like two to three months sounded realistic for a knee like anything less like you're like eh, it doesn't seem like it was really hurt um but you know it could be he got like a positive test initially then got a more extensive bigger test could be potential 
you know how GMs like to sometimes throw out some misinformation so you don't know too, too much about anything? Who knows, really? Um, but clarification we have now is it's going to be the end of the season. I do not foresee that changing. I do not foresee that changing, and that changes up the Coyotes' defense quite a bit because um, Timmons was obviously one of the players who was, who was always on the roster, like always, you know, he was he, he was always in the in either one of any one of the three pairs. And now, obviously, um, that's going to give some more opportunities to some, some of the younger guys. Kyle Capobianco is getting closer to coming back. Yeah, and, and we'll touch on that. He's getting closer to coming back. Uh, I think something that we've talked about before, just because you know the Tucson Rotorers a lot more, we talk about them a lot. Uh, this is like really Capobianco's shot, um, and this is going to be a, a good opportunity for him once he gets back. Uh, I think it's also a really good opportunity for Dyson Mayo, who seems to be making the most of his uh, time up with the Coyotes. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out too, like I'm trying to look based off how else this affects um, you know, certain players' time on ice. How does this affect um, you know, the other players? I mean, obviously those who are still who are part of the pairs no matter what, like like Chickren and Gosses Beer, like because they kind of kept rotating those pairs in and out, like what kind of things are we going to see? Now, obviously, we've been seeing quite a bit the last uh, week and a half ever since he went out with the injury. Yeah. But now this gotta be, there's got to be a long-term thing he's play, put into place. I mean, I think it, it really does influence kind of the entirety of the Coyotes defensive core because I think there was an expectation that Timmons would be a bigger piece as the season moved on, as he's gotten a chance to adjust to his new team. So... That affects like the the kind of fringe guys like Capobianco, Mayo, uh, guys who spend a lot of time in the AHL. But I think it also really affects like a, a player like Anton Strollman. Um, the team is going to be relying on him a lot more um, than necessarily thought that they would be, um, because you you kind of want to have someone with experience um, to kind of match whatever skill that they have. Uh, it affects. Ilya Labushkin, um, just because he's going to have a whole bunch of different pairings now. Um, it, it, it kind of changes how everything is going to go with the Coyotes this year. I do think that they were really counting on having um, having Timmons be with the team and grow as a, a young defenseman. And I don't know if that's like how impacted that is going to be from the, this injury. Yeah, um, I'm trying. I actually decided to look at daily faceoff to see what the defensive pairs look like right yeah. now. And see, based off obviously daily, it changes um, every day. Daily, yeah. <laughs> um, just because, well, obviously the Coyotes love to change up their defensive pairs like freaking every game. Of course. Um, but right now they have it: uh, Chickren with Mayo on the first pair. Gospier, Strauman on the second pair, and Labushkin with Soderstrom on the third pair. Yeah. Which, I mean, it's a it's definitely an interesting mix. They seem to be putting, like, kind of younger players with more experienced players, uh, except for that middle uh, pairing, which is just two really experienced guys. Um, I thought, like I said before, I think Mayo has been really solid. Uh, I like him on a line with Chikrin. Uh, and I like the, the Soderstrom and uh, Labushkin pairing. Uh, 
I still think defense is probably the best thing for the Coyotes right now. Yeah, it is amazing how much Mayo has actually improved since that first game. Obviously, he got the, he got his goal that first game, but remember um, when we were like, I, I was there. I, you know, we were talking um, while at Hill River Arena. I was like, I was like, oh, man, Mayo made a huge mistake defensively, um, and like it shows that it was his first game. But my, like, like in just the last. How many games has it been since then? Four games, five games. Um, Can't remember. I've already changed the date of my calendar. It's been. <laughs> it feels like it's been a while because the team's been losing. But you're right. He has definitely t- t- made steps forward in you know developing as a defenseman, um, and we see that a lot. You'll see like a player who. Like they first get called up, they're nervous, uh, but after they've had time to like settle down, get into the rhythm, practice with the team, um, like they're they're a lot sharper. Like they're professionals, so like there's some like a certain level of like, hey, do your job mentality there, but also just you know once you're more comfortable, like it's easier to do everything. And of course, it goes without saying. You even you even kind of said it at the beginning. Um, nothing that I love more than seeing former Tucson Roadrunners absolutely kill it in the NHL. Yeah, uh, and, and we're getting a lot, especially from the um, from the blue line. Uh, a lot of AHL experience in the with the Coyotes this year, um, I, and I imagine once we uh, you know, get a little bit further into the season, we'll probably get some more forwards up as well. I mean, especially of Cam Deneen being the, num- the number seventy man. We haven't even mentioned him either. Yeah, which uh, he hasn't really had too much of an opportunity, I would no, say. He hasn't. Um, it, it'll be interesting to see uh, how that all kind of works, especially with uh, it's something we danced around, but um, with Capo Bianco coming back soon, potentially. Yeah, I mean, again, Cap- Capo Bianco coming back will make will obviously change quite a bit in how things go. Um, I have a lot of confidence in them, but we got we will talk about more about Capo Bianco and other players who are set to come back from injury. All of that coming up in just a sec on Locked On Coyotes. But first, I want to tell you guys about Bet Online. We're back in better than ever, a new web interface to start the basketball season and more props and odds and lines than ever before. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today receive a 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit just use that promo code locked on to receive your bonus from basketball football baseball postseason which is actually now over uh nhl boxing and ufc right down to your favorite vegas casino games wait don't don't wait take advantage for all the amazing offers for the 2021 season but online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports but online where the game starts. Okay, so now let's start talking about the um, other injuries, Kyle. Uh, we had, um, I mentioned um, in the last segment that there was a, um, we had updates, and that's when we first heard the update of, well, like first couple updates, the one about uh, Timmons going upgraded it now and then eventually out for the rest of the season. But with those reports, were other reports of everybody else, and it seems everyone's making good progress. Yep. Uh, I could just go through it. Uh, I'm looking at a couple tweets from Craig Morgan. Uh, Capo Bianco uh, is day-to-day and has skated. Uh, Ryan Dzingel, with an upper body injury, is now listed at one to two weeks. Nick Schmoltz, now three to four weeks. And apparently Alex Galchenyuk 
has been skating on his own in Arizona. Not ready to practice yet, but skating. And that's definitely an important next step. That is an important next step. So I'm actually curious. Um, I'm trying to see based off what it looks like. Um, so Kaiba Bianchi has the day-to-day, but he still hasn't been activated off the injured reserve. Yeah. Okay. Um, just wanted to make that one make that one clear. Uh, geez, I just went to a cat-friendly page and looked at everyone on the injured reserve and was like, oh, God. <laughs> yeah, there's quite a bit. Uh, I have to do the injuries list whenever uh, we publish a preview article, and it gets longer, it seems, every week. But it seems that, uh, again, Capo Bianco day-to-day, everyone else seems to be a couple weeks away. Yeah. Um, so, like, it's obviously with the, expect- with the exception of um, of Timmons, which, um, you know, it doesn't, I mean, like we said, we, like, like we mentioned before, it hurts, but, you know, we the Coyotes can do next man up and defense. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm glad these players are getting getting their opportunities to come back. Yeah, I mean, especially when you look at, at some of the players that they're missing, Nick Schmaltz and Alex Galchenyuk, uh, I think though they were expected to be two pretty big pieces of the Coyotes' offense this year, um, and they're not there, and it should really come as no surprise that the offense is kind of sputtered. Um, I think with just like a little bit more skill, they could have maybe generated something uh, past mm-hmm. couple games. Like, Neither are world breakers. They're they're not going to like change the game, but they can do something. And the Coyotes, like they haven't been losing by much. Um, like two one games, two zero games. Those are very winnable situations against have... pretty decent teams too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and like we haven't even gotten a chance to see Galchenyuk this season. Uh, and given how well Hayton's playing, no reason to put him at center. Yeah, um, it's interesting because we talked about how um, uh, how the how the centers works and like, and I think it's so nice that Hayton has fallen into the center position pretty well. And like, in which when Schmaltz comes back, that makes a huge difference too. If that was Schmaltz and Hayton, and like, it's like, and all of a sudden it's like, wait, we kind of have centers now. Yeah, yeah. There's there there's the basic outline of a center uh, on the Arizona Coyotes, which is not something that we really expected. Because the tree, the team traded most of them, um, all the good ones at least. Uh, but yeah, uh, I, I can like when when your margin of error is what it is when you're the Coyotes. Um, if you get solid goaltending from Vishmalka um, and decent defensive coverage, you just need a goal or two. Like I think getting Galchenyuk and Schmaltz will be really big for that. Um, I think the team wants to get to single back, especially like, you know, he dropped the gloves when Timmons knee was hurt. Like that's definitely a big morale thing. Um, so he wants to come back and we're all kind of waiting to see what Capobianco or uh, Capobianco can do. So like, it'd be great to get him back. I mean, it, I mean, and it goes without saying too, based off what we've been talking about for the last couple of weeks is this is make or break for Capobianco too. Yeah. He has to, like, once he gets activated at the IR, once he finally gets to be able to skate in the game, he needs to take advantage of that from, yeah. like, from the get-go. No mistakes. Like, he needs to make sure, because, again, this is his make or break. He needs, he is on a contract year. 
And um, if he doesn't play well, then there's um, then who knows how much longer than this, you know, he will have the opportunity. Yeah. And he's on waivers. So like the Coyotes are going to be hesitant to send him down. Um, And if they do, some other team can claim him. So he may no longer be with the organization. Uh, And going along with that, like he's probably going to get like, uh, uh, what it's called. It's too early in the morning, Uh, a week in Tucson on a conditioning stint. That's what it is. Um, But after that's over, he better play because he needs to prove that he is better than Cam Janine or uh, Dyson Mayo to have a spot um, and to stick around. And if he doesn't, like I think the team's going to look to trade him. Which or... is interesting. Which is interesting because I was mentioning this to other people too. Like, um, based off how they've played in Tucson, Capobianco is far and away better than them. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying that I'm not saying that like they're like, it's like that it's, it's monumental, but like, it's a pretty, di- it's a pretty big difference. Cabo Bianco is a phenomenal defenseman. I watched, you know, watching him in Tucson. I'm like, this guy can do good things. I just hope it can translate into the NHL. Um, and this is where, this, and now this hope is even more because of that now officially being waiver eligible. Yeah. And, and unfortunately, we, we often see that like it can't translate to the NHL, like AHL players, like they're able to get away with a couple things that NHL players can't because like the talent level is so different that if you try something like that in the NHL, you're going to get caught and you're going to look foolish. Uh, we see that a lot with players like learning like, oh, I used to be able to do that move in juniors all the time, but now Connor McDavid is going to shut me down every single time I try it on him. Uh, Dylan Strom and Nick Merkley took a... Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and that's kind of like, that's part of everyone's development time, like adjusting your game, like making it fit. I think that truly more than anything was what made Connor Garland so special. Like he took a game that was doing okay in the AHL, but he's like, no, I want to play this better and to play in the nhl i need to do x y and z that he i didn't have to do in the ahl he listened yeah. to the development coach and look what happened um and that's the thing too like we were talking about Gar- i was talking about garland several times last season and i was like look uh this guy was i saw him in the in the ahl and i thought he was great but i noticed he had to work on x y and z even yeah. i'm even me someone who's not a coach notice those things like oh he needs to work away from the puck he needs to work better on his skating but other than that, he is a phenomenal player. And then he works on that. And then I see him in the NHL. I'm like, holy crap. That can be done. See, it's a yeah. perfect example. Um, yeah. I just really hope Capo Bianco can be that next guy. Yeah. Um, and, and I think there's like every indication that he can be. Um, he just needs to like get consistent time to prove it um, and show what he can do. Um, and I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. I think once he's back, we will, you know, Again, it's going to take a little bit of time. He needs to adjust. He needs to get used to, you know, playing again because he, yeah. he's missed the entire season uh, to start. But I think he will, like, hopefully in a couple games, do something special. Um, and if not, like I said, the team will probably be looking to to trade him. Uh, there was rumors that he was going to be traded during this off season. Uh, so wouldn't surprise me if he if he falters a little bit that his name, you know, goes out to a couple other GMs just to 
gauge interest if nothing else. Maybe just pick up an extra draft pick if they need it, just because yeah. you know it'd be a late round draft pick, but still. Because I'm sure there's another team that's willing to you know offer something to kind of see what Capo Bianco can do to or see a team, if can translate. Or, or a team that notices that Capo Bianco has the exact play style of a defenseman that they're looking for that fits their system. Yeah, definitely that. Uh, and it could just it could be that maybe like he just doesn't fit with Bear's system. I don't know. Um, I, I think he's going to hopefully have every chance in the world to prove that he belongs. Uh, this doesn't seem like a team that's hampering development for players in search of like immediate success because they're, they're not getting that. They should be able to give him quite a long leash to kind of show what he can do. This is the, uh, the development stage of the rebuild, so give him the opportunity. Yeah, we are very, very early in the development stage of the rebuild. Uh, uh, just over, what, 11% into the season. It's barely even started. And the first two years are the development years of the rebuild. So we got plenty of time for that. No plenty, need to rush it. Plenty of time. Plenty of time. But we still got more to get to on this episode of Locked On, Kyrie. It's time to take a early look into the... Uh, the Anaheim Ducks, who do you put in net? We'll talk about that in just a sec. Put a little quick word from our sponsors. And we're back. Um, as we talk about, uh, yeah, okay, so we got the Anaheim Ducks tomorrow, Carl. Yep. Um, and it's going to be an interesting one because obviously the Ducks aren't a great team and actually we got we have a back-to-back coming up let's let's start off with that we got a back-to-back coming up away in anaheim and then at home hosting seattle both are quote basement teams in the nhl along sure. with, along like they're you know below 26 i believe in our power rankings yeah so i mean let's be fair it's probably the easiest back-to-back you can get uh, it's going to be a short flight back from Anaheim on Friday night. So hopefully the team's not too tired. A one hour flight. Let's be real. Like less than one hour flight. It's probably like four, 45 minutes. I have flown from Phoenix to Orange, California. Uh, and it is not that bad a flight at all. I barely had time to finish my beer. Um, so yeah, it, it should be fine. Um, I think there's definitely, it's, it's, it's a tough call. Um, a back-to-back against two kind of underperforming teams. Who do you start? I think you give Prasvitov one of those starts, uh, but I'm not sure who yet. Who do you think should start against the Ducks? I'm trying to figure this one out too because um, based off power rankings, the Ducks are, I think, a slightly better team than... uh, uh, then obviously, than we expected. I think what they are, um, twenty five and the back in there like twenty eight. Okay. Um, this is an interest. This is an interest. It's an interesting one to try to make a decision. I'm interested um, <laughs> if they can bring up the um, the power ranking, so I'm sure what exactly it is. Right. While you while you're doing that, I, I will say 25, I think twenty five twenty eight. There we go. Twenty five twenty eight. Okay, 
I think there is a strong benefit to starting uh, Vizmelka tonight or tomorrow when uh, they face the Ducks just because he had like rough goes like he 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 should have gotten points in the last two games yeah uh, i think like keeping him in there and being like no we're gonna keep this going until we win because this guy deserves a win is a thing that makes a lot of sense uh i think it, it makes sense that you go in completely prepared for your best uh for your best game um I think that the Coyotes are going to be re- most rested for this one. They want to get a win right away. They don't want to get that, um, you know, poor season start record just because that's going to be bad for morale. I think you, I think you play with Jamelka tonight or tomorrow, and then Profitov against Seattle. Yeah, I do. I, 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 I'm with you on that. I think not only that too is, um, again, like I said, they're both weaker teams. Yeah. Um, obviously don't discount that cause we, yeah, that can, you can make a big mistake in doing that, but still, um, and you put Prospetov, I mean, you, I mean, you put Vemelka against, against the ducks. It's the, 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 uh, the, the first half of it. Let's be real. The Coyotes don't want to tie their franchise record for, um, for losing streak to begin a season. Nope. So, uh- that's just like something you want to avoid. Um, like I said, it's bad for morale. It's going to follow the team around. Uh, I've, it, it's it's honestly like it's followed talk it around. Like the fact that the team had one of the worst starts in the history of the NHL is something that is very tied to the Rick Tockett legacy. Um I would say it's something that comes up a lot when talking about his merits uh, as a coach. It's something that comes up a lot when talking about the franchise. Uh, it, you know, and, and I think Bear would do well to avoid having that happen. Uh, I don't think they necessarily go into it consciously thinking that because that's a that's, that's a bad thing a, to go in to think about. Yeah, that's a bad mentality to have. Um, it's it's okay for us, like as fans and as media, to be, yeah, yeah, to be focused on that. Like, but when you are actually in the game, like that's not what you want in your head. So, I mean, you uh, can have you can have some kind of motivation, you know, something yeah. to get you motivated to do it. But like, don't go in thinking that like if you lose this then X is going to happen. Yeah. I, I mean, like we always say, like you should play to win. You shouldn't play not to lose. Um, that's like, that comes up anytime a team has a two goal lead. They're like, all right, are they going to play more defensively to not lose? Or are they going to keep doing what they need to do to win? Uh, and I think that's just kind of a, a, a grander scale version of that problem. Um, so like, I don't think they're consciously thinking that, but I do think it's, influencing them on a subconscious level and i think that's why they're going to start vimelka yeah I, I yeah and again i'm totally with you i think they'll start vimelka um i'm interested to see who the ducks start do they bring back the goalie that is hard to solve i that's just been another problem there's been so many hard goalies someone's gonna throw the coyotes bone and like put in their backup just someone please backup goaltender 
Who is the backup? Uh, oh, Anthony Stolarz is the backup in Anaheim. Uh, I'm not too familiar with him. He was uh, the um, the starter in for San Diego for a while. Oh, okay. Uh, oh, bringing a guy up from the AHL. Um, how did you do? Uh, did you remember a lot of games with him? Or um, he was decent. Um, I can't remember anything significant. I think the next step, the, not the person that they have in San Diego now, and uh, and Erickson Eck is much better in my opinion but sure sure uh i mean i, d- I don't think the coyotes are gonna have a tough go of this either way they're still like we said earlier missing key pieces of their offense uh, they don't have the blue line that they necessarily thought they were gonna have so it's not gonna be an easy game no matter what uh i i do think and we'll, we'll discuss this more tomorrow i think it's a very winnable game for the coyotes though yeah, I'm trying. I'm looking at the. Um, I'm trying to look at their roster right now. Um, they got. I barely recognize half this team of the Anaheim Ducks. I mean, like, I think this. It looks like the San Diego. Actually, I kind of kind of recognize it because it looks like the San Diego goals to me. Um, I mean, that's just that's where they're at in their rebuild. I'm sure, like four years from now you're going to be like oh man a lot of these coyotes players are 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 roadrunners alum i'm gonna figure out because mason mctavish is listed on conditioning stint with the san diego goals and he was with them last year when they're i mean last week when they were playing uh tucson um and conditioning stints through a week long yeah we discovered that earlier yeah Um, so does McTavish come back for the game tomorrow? Um, hmm. I don't know. Uh, well, when was he assigned there? Six days ago. So... So tomorrow will be the last day of that he could be there. But we have seen teams pull early, depending on what's going on. Hmm. Uh, Uh, I mean, the standard loan is the form of 14 consecutive days. The player can be sent to the AHL. Um, Yeah, so Hmm. they can be sent down for 14 days. Gotcha. Okay. So, so yeah, he'll probably stay. Uh, I'm not sure what the Ducks will do. Um, ha- I'm I'm sure we'll we'll know more tomorrow when the when we get the line rushes and kind of see. Either way, Coyotes can't take um, take either of these teams for granted. Uh, but usually, when you're at the bottom of the standings, you don't take anyone for granted. No, um, you do what you can to win a game. <laughs> yep. Yep. And that's that's all they need to do. They need to get their first win of the season. So whatever it takes to get that. Absolutely. Um, but um, so you and I once again, you both, you and I both agree that uh, they should put uh, Vemelka for this part of the back to back, and then start Prosvatov against the Seattle Kraken at home on Saturday. 
Yep. Uh, that's what I think they should do. Not saying that's what they will do, because those are always very different uh, uh, things. But I think that makes the most sense to me. It does make sense. I mean, now you're making me second guess, because I was talking about this is the, essentially the San Diego goals. Prospetov had some really good games against San Diego. <laughs> I mean, Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad you're second guessing this <laughs> now. Uh, I I don't think there's necessarily a wrong way to do this, um, especially when when these two teams are on a similar level, like Anaheim and Seattle. If it was like Anaheim on Friday, Saturday was against the um, Colorado Avalanche. I would say that's a different thing. Um, but these are teams on the same level, so I think you could really put in either or without having too many concerns. Uh, so, yeah, I can, I can see Prostov being better against uh, the goals alumni, but you know, still got to deal with the Ducks players, uh, and I think that maybe Seattle's a better matchup for that. Uh, we, we will have to see. We will talk about that on the pregame episode tomorrow, so be sure to tune in with us. Um, then as we get updated on who is going to be in net for both the Anaheim Ducks and the Arizona Coyotes. Um, but we are out of time for this episode. So we're going to go ahead and um, end right now. And um, thank you all you guys for tuning into this episode. If you like what you heard, don't forget to leave a review, like, comment, subscribe if you have yet to already. We're available everywhere you get your podcast now, including YouTube. Don't forget to... Uh, also, like us on Facebook. We are at uh, facebook.com slash LockedOnCoyotes. Um, you know, we can actually, we actually publish some of our live shows on there. So if we have a post-game live show, um, you, can po- you can watch that there as well as on YouTube and on, on Twitter at LO underscore Coyotes. I'm personally at Robin underscore Leonel. Um, that's R-O-B-Y-N underscore L-E-A-N-O. Carl Pavlik at Carl Pavlik F-F-H. Anyway, just ask us any question you might have. We might answer back, right back, or on a future episode of the Locked On Coyote Podcast. Thanks again, everyone, for tuning in to today's episode. Hope you guys are staying safe out there. Hope you guys are staying healthy. And don't forget to howl on. <laughs>